We are busy people. We have work, we have school, we have family, we have friends. And at the end of the day, we can't find the energy to do much else. So when we hear in the news that people need help, we don't know what to do. We don't think we have what it takes to help anybody else. I'm Corey Kostrick from Moody Campus Radio. I had the chance to sit down with senior Kayla Dutton, who last fall took a trip to Greece to document the journey of a refugee. I am a senior at Moody Bible Institute. Um, I grew up in Greece, actually, as a missionary kid for 16 years before moving to this country. So I came off of the summer, um, and my parents had gone back to Greece for the summer to work with the ministry that they're currently involved in. And so they were over there this summer, and I got off the phone with them um, just as school was starting back up, and they had told me about um, this this huge refugee crisis that was really kind of in their face when they were in Greece. And they're like, this is a very real thing. Like thousands of refugees are pouring onto the Greek islands from Tur- um, coming through Turkey. These are Syrian refugees, Afghanis, Iraqis. Um, and so, uh, yeah, they just told me that there were thousands every day coming through the islands waiting to be transported to the mainland so that they could disperse throughout the rest of Europe and get to their final destinations. And so I got off the phone and I started thinking, man, what am I doing here at Moody? (laughs) Like in the middle of the city. And I started getting really kind of homesick and nostalgic and just wanted to go back to Greece and see what I could do to be involved. So I kind of, the wheels started turning and I just thought, what if I can swing this so I get to go do this, I get out of the country for a few weeks, I make this a directed study, and I also do work for this organization, this missions organization, um, that wanted to start a uh, welcome center on one of the islands, Lesbos. I said to my professor, hey, I want to do this directed study um, on making a mini documentary. I think I have a subject. And so... I basically set out, and within the next few weeks, I decided to go. I bought the plane ticket, and I was like, okay, I'm doing this. And so I was like, okay, here it goes. I'm going to try to be a backpack journalist for two weeks and take two weeks off school and do it. And I did. I think when I was contemplating buying the ticket and just going for it, I was like, I don't have the money. I don't even have the money to pay for this semester of school right now. Um... I don't have money to just burn. What if this fails? What if I come back and it's horrible and I don't get a good story and I make something that's mediocre and professors and students are kind of like, oh, like that's great, but it's not super great. And what if, like, I think all the what ifs really scared me, but in the end, God kept opening the doors, so I just kept walking forward. And I think the biggest takeaway I learned out of that, keep walking forward. And if God opens the doors, continue to walk forward. And don't sit stagnant in fear of taking a misstep because then you might never do anything. I posted about it a week before I left. And in a week's time, all the funds had come in that I needed to make the trip. And I I was really afraid. I, I put it on my credit card and I was like, God, if you want me to go on this trip, please make it happen. Um, 
But even when I made the decision, I still didn't feel like I had clear, you know, God didn't ever speak to me specifically and be like, Kayla, you can go on this trip. It's okay. Like sometimes I feel like we wait for God to speak to us directly, but sometimes him speaking is just opening those doors. And if the doors keep opening, then keep walking through them. So you went to Greece, you you bought the plane ticket, you went to Europe, you're making this mini documentary on the journey of a refugee. When you got there, what did you find? So I landed first day, and the first thing I saw um, was lots of litter and trash all over the place, life jackets, rubber boats. um, And then as the sun started coming up, people... Uh, walking down the streets, heading towards the port. A lot of the people would land on the north side of the island and have to walk 60 kilometers to the southern part of the island. So you would see all these people along the way. As we landed in the southern part of the island, we had to drive up to the northern part because that's where we were going to be staying. And so we would see people walking all along the way. What I was surprised to see is that a lot of the people that I first saw were a lot of young Afghani males. Um, yeah, I had heard so much about this being a Syrian refugee crisis, and I realized very quickly that it was a big mix. People were from all over the place, um, but it was not just Syrians that were coming onto the island. One of the things I saw that was unexpected but so heartwarming in a way is the amount of people that were waving and smiling at the cameras. People would jump off the boats and start waving and throwing peace signs and smiling. You know, I think it's portrayed so much as a very dark and um, very sad thing on the news. Like, um, it's portrayed as something that's very... uh, People are dying all the time and people are um, in terror and in shock. And while... While that is true, at the same time, a lot of people from the moment they land are so grateful to just be in Europe and be free. And so you see people landing on the shores, pulling their cell phones out of plastic bags, calling family back home, laughing, we made it, we made it, FaceTiming their family overseas, literally from the moment they land on the rocks. And you're like, you're you're halfway soaked, dude. Your backpack with all your belongings is in the water. And here you are laughing and smiling, being like, we made it to Europe. Thank you, Greece. Thank you, Greece. I saw so much joy and hope amidst that because suddenly this is their first step into freedom. So for those who may not know, why Greece? Greece has the easiest access. These people are coming through Turkey because Turkey is connected to the Middle East. So they have an easy access point. Um, They just travel by land to Turkey. And then to some of these islands, like Lesvos, is a mere six kilometers away from the shores of Turkey. So all they have to do then is get in a rubber boat and make the, the dangerous journey six kilometers across the water. They pile, you know, up to... 60 people in these tiny rubber boats and just send them out to sea and just say, see that land over there? Just head towards that. And they just have a general direction. And then they land um, on the shores of Greece because there's nothing really to stop them. Like, yes, there's border control. No one is really stopping 
them from coming over because even if the Greek border patrol tries to stop them mid-waters, the refugees are instructed to pull out a razor blade and pop the boat so that it starts sinking. And then by law, the Greek um, police are required to pull them out of the water because then it becomes a search and rescue mission. Greece is easy access um, and it's surrounded by water. That's the thing. Yeah, there's no fences. My mother's family is all over the place right now. They, some of them have been able to immigrate like 20 years ago before the war and everything started happening. But a good portion of them has, they were refugees over the past few years. Um, One of my aunts was stuck in Turkey for a few years, another in Greece. Um, I still have relatives in Lebanon and a lot of them now have ended up as uh, refugees in Sweden. That's Rima Jabour, a senior at Moody Bible Institute. Rima's family is Syrian, and this is what she had to say. People have been leaving Syria actually since the beginning of when news media channels were calling it the Arab Spring, when they thought it was nothing more than just a push for democracy. Uh, My cousin was one of the first people to leave. It started off with um, the younger Christian men mainly um, because as soon as the Arabic, the the Arab Spring started happening, there started to be two uh, factions, um, pro-Bashad and anti-Bashad, and both sides wanted to um, forcibly recruit the young men into their um, political, political agendas, and the Christian men were leaving because it was turning religious from the way beginning so now currently people are leaving um not just because of the initial wanting each person to be on a fight but because of the violence that's happening against the common populace as well it seems that all of a sudden there's news blowing up about syrian refugees why all of a sudden are people paying attention to this honestly because now it's starting to affect them It used to be that people were just leaving Syria and going and staying in neighboring Arab countries for a little bit because they thought that the violence would just be for a year or two and people could just go to Lebanon or Jordan and stay there for a few years and then go back home. That's what the initial thought was. Um, But now that things have gotten so bad and that things are spreading to the neighboring Arab countries, people are starting to push for, well, this is going to be permanent and we can't stay here, so let's go to Europe. So now that it's actually affecting them, now the West cares because they have to. I know that for a lot of Americans, um, the big concern with allowing Syrian refugees is fear of um, some sort of terrorist organization uh, Somebody, a Syrian refugee, perhaps somebody posing as a Syrian refugee and being a part of a terrorist organization. Any comment on that? Anyone who wants to do evil will do evil regardless of what the law is. So even if we were to put up a thousand laws and permanently stop refugees from anywhere in the world of coming into America, if someone wants to do evil, they will find a way to come here and and they will do it. Uh because if you're doing evil, you don't care about what the law says to begin with. Um, but even more, um, 
when you're turning your backs on people that need help, you're setting yourself up to create an enemy. Because now this person who said, I am in need and I am humbling myself before you, and especially for the Arab culture, it is very humbling to say, I need help. They do not say, I need help. Um, to come before you and say, help me, and you turn your back, you are now creating me to be bitter against you. So that if someone were to come to me and fill my head with propaganda against you, I will believe it. Because when I needed you, you turned your back on me. So why should I stand up and defend you um, when I hear this propaganda, when you have shown evil to me? With all this being said, it might come to mind, how can I solve this problem of the refugee crisis? I don't know. And, you know, honestly, I think that I knew that I didn't know exactly what my opinions were on the matter, what I could do, but I knew in the end that I had a heart for people and I knew that real people were going through real and very dangerous um, trials. And so I thought, okay, what can I do in this? I might, I'm not a political activist. I don't have a, um, a super political mindset, but at the same time, I knew that I have these skills that I can help bring awareness to. I, I have a camera. I know how to find a story. I know how to talk to people and get to know them one-on-one. -on -one. And so if I can go over there and start revealing the heart of people and the hearts of the stories, at least I'm doing something. I don't know what I think um, politically. Do we allow refugees to freely come through the borders or do we say, no, you can't because this is a risk? I lean more on the side of probably like, yes, let them in. They need help. They're, they're struggling. They need, but at the same time, Politically, yeah, I don't know if that is the smartest decision, but I'm just with the heart of the people. If anyone is interested in getting involved and in helping, um, whether that means going this summer, going in the fall, if anyone is interested in helping out, I would say check out um, Euro Relief. They're doing some amazing things. So that's www.eurorelief.net. And you can go and volunteer with them on the island if you want to be involved and see up close and personal. Um, on a daily basis, refugees arriving straight off the boats and help them. From Moody Campus Radio, I'm Corey Kostick. If you liked that, then you should listen to Moody Campus Radio. We have tons of great artists like Lecrae, Rapture Ruckus, Capital Kings, Propaganda, and so many others. We even play some of our very own, Brian Gangwich, and so many other people who are just out recording with MMPG. There's also amazing shows. If you like superheroes and all things comic nerd, tune in to Geek Speak Tuesdays at 8 p.m. The Fringe is on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m., and they cover all things weird, strange, and on The Fringe of Culture. Tune in Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Behind the Mic, where nothing is off limits. Music, culture, and society are talked about weekly. Fridays at 12 p.m. is Real Talk. Real Talk, which sheds light on culturally relative ideas, gets you thinking about common things in new ways. 
But don't take my word for it. Here's what others have to say about Moody Campus Radio. For lack of a better word, litmus. Oh, love. Absolutely. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. Moody Campus Radio.